Welcome to this podcast on the Bobar Clinical Reasoning Framework. My name's Margaret Mayston. I'm a physiotherapist and a physiologist. I work in the Division of Biosciences at University College London, and I'm also a senior Bobar tutor. Hello, my name is Gillian Saluti. I'm a physiotherapist and a former Bobar tutor. I'm based in Johannesburg, South Africa, and I have a special interest in working um, in low middle income settings. Hi, I'm Sarah Foley, also a physiotherapist and senior Bobath tutor based in a regional city in Victoria, Australia. And most of my clinical experience is working with infants and young children and their families living with developmental disabilities. We were invited to write this review to propose a model of Bobath paediatric practice, given that there's so much diversity in both the teaching and practice of Bobath around the world and even within some countries. So first of all, we set out to define the Bobath Clinical Reasoning Framework, and we wanted it to reflect the focus on clinical reasoning, or as both the Bobaths in their day called it problem solving, which is essential to enable um, effective intervention for people with CP. So we came up with this definition, that the BCRF, the Bobath Clinical Reasoning Framework, is defined as an in-depth clinical reasoning framework that can be applied to understand the relationships between the domains of the ICF, how those domains can be influenced and how they impact each other to change the overall outcome for the individual. Now, Margaret, our understanding of cerebral palsy has changed over the years, as has its definition. Can you comment on the first figure in the paper? Yes, of course, Sarah. Um, well, complexity of cerebral palsy um, needs to be understood in order to provide effective management. And it's both complex in its etiology as well as in its presentation of the many different subtypes. So this was our attempt to really um, visualise the complexity of cerebral palsy and how all these systems and subsystems influence the child's activity and participation and how it affects their lived experience. So these, all these factors and these variables combine together to produce this emergent system, which is the child's lived experience. So it's, it's talking about an emergent system. Bobath is a system of therapy. So we look to system science as a way of understanding how we could apply to, well, apply to the complexity of cerebral palsy and the complexity of intervention. So we came up with this holistic perspective of a systems approach to the Bobath clinical reasoning framework because it represents both a linear and a non-linear way of approaching both understanding CP and intervention. So Bobath is a system of therapy. It has many components to the intervention. It's not just one intervention. And some of them are some of the so-called green interventions, some of the orange interventions, but here we wanted to visualize all the interrelationships and the interconnectedness which system science is so effective at showing. So Goffin Shortland applied system science to the musculoskeletal system, but we wanted to apply it in a holistic way to cerebral palsy. So we thought it was important to depict the child and the family's goals, so the important contextual factors of the family and then how it interrelationship inter between the other domains of the ICF. But of course, we also have to look at how intervention impacts on the child's goals. 
And of course, we also wanted to um, find out, is it fun? So thinking of the F factors, is it fun? Thinking about the future. We've always thought about the future in our Bobath interventions. And importantly, how what we do becomes a part of daily life because intervention needs intensity, it needs to drive neuroplasticity. And so the best way to do that is to integrate it into daily life. So at the heart of this, of course, is good clinical reasoning. We all do clinical reasoning, but uh, Sarah is going to explain how we go about clinical reasoning in the BCRF. Um, yes, yeah, so as Margaret, as you said, all therapists, we, we all use some form of clinical reasoning and we all use outcome measures and we all look at research to try and unpack what the child is doing and how they're doing it in a more focused way. So we can pinpoint how we can influence task performance. So in the next slide, you can see that we've adapted Levitt-Jones clinical reasoning cycle using a child-centered approach. So we wanted to structure this detailed clinical reasoning process for clinicians, almost like a roadmap. And we then added some of the theoretical knowledge areas that underpin the BCRF because these knowledge areas support our construct of in-depth clinical reasoning. So if you look at the next slide, it describes this process uh, for a young person with bilateral CP who wants to be able to sit and play on the floor more independently. And the parents are keen for her to achieve this. And I refer you, of course, to the paper and the supplementary information for more details on this. Of course, she needs to practice sitting to get better at it, because we know there's evidence that our specific training is a useful tool. But it's more than that, it's, it's more complex. So by integrating knowledge areas such as typical and atypical development, which are also non-linear and therefore fit well with systems thinking, standing was chosen as a starting point to get more of her own activity in her trunk and her hips. So she was then able to cruise a few steps and this activity in turn refined her ability to sit and play on the floor for short periods of time independently. Dressing on the bench then became easier and quicker and her parents were keen to build this into her everyday routines. So the clinical reasoning theoretical basis supports how we can work better, more effectively to support the child's participation in their identified goal area. But Gillian, this case study draws upon my experience of working with younger children in a well-resourced setting. But one of the advantages of BCRS is that it should be applicable in all settings, all ages and all GMSCS levels. Can you explain your experience of working in a, um, a low middle income setting? Yes, sure, Sarah. As you say, this is a great strength of the Bobath Clinical Reasoning Framework. And Cicely's story is a good example. As you can see from the first photo, her body is very extended, making it difficult for her mother to feed her safely. In the short time I was able to spend with Cicely, the main goal of therapy was to find a way mm -hmm. for her to <clears throat> comfortably in supportive seating. The tools I had were the BCRF, my hands, and Cicely's mom. The BCRF enabled me to analyze and understand just how the fluctuating tone and extended postures were interfering with her ability to sit comfortably. This made it easy for me to work out how therapeutic handling could modify what her body was always doing. This therapeutic handling was then carried over into everyday activities by her mother, and it became possible for Cicely to sit comfortably in her chair. This not only meant that eating and drinking was safer for her and easier for her mom, but it also meant she could now go out with friends. Cicely's breathing for voicing also improved, and this helped her communication. So Cicely's story is a good example of the interconnectedness of the various systems. This is the system science Margaret was describing earlier, and are influencing one component 
affects other components in the system and so enables more than one goal to be achieved simultaneously. So Margaret, where do we go to from here? Good question, Gillian. So we, um, in this paper, we focused on the actual framework. In, in the future paper, we'll focus more on the intervention and the evidence for the intervention. But um, for now, we hope that people will, will embrace uh, the complexity of cerebral palsy and really embrace the systems approach with its linear and non-linear elements, because we feel this is a, a great way to deal with the complexity of cerebral palsy. So um, the system science model is integ integral to the BCRF and it really helps us to understand and respond to the complexity of cerebral palsy. So in the future, we, we hope that we can extend the, um, the model of the Bobath Clinical Reasoning Framework, the systems thinking. And we think we're going to need some help with that from systems modelers and data analysts. Um, but hopefully the outcome will be a more holistic and um, approach to the management of neurological pediatric conditions with clinical reasoning at the heart of it. So thank you for joining us for this podcast and we hope you um, find the paper useful.